time has come. Execute Order 66. Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 66, not order 66, the old college try. We are broadcasting live, well, live for us, from the Power of Change Worldwide headquarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. Well, I'm here with my co-host today, not as always, but as for the second time, I'm here with the one and only Kayla Joy Monahan. How you doing today, Kayla? Pretty good. Pretty excited to be here. Yeah, 18. Last time we had you on the podcast this summer, you were not an adult, and now you're an adult. Just in a few months, how's it feel? Terrifying. <laughs> About the same. <laughs> not that exciting. Oh, Kayla and Kylie were on with me, I believe, July for an episode called Girl Power. If you haven't heard that, it's kind of a daughter's telling dads what they need from dads. It's great. Um, one one friend of mine described that as my uh, kids giving me crap and uh, loving me all at the same time, which was, I think, a beautiful apropos description. Jesse was going to be with us today, Kayla, via call-in show feature because he's in Charlotte, but his kids got strep throat and his wife's away having some fun, and so... He is not going to join us, but he did send us some questions that we will take up here today. Our our topic today is called the old college try. And I hate Star Wars people out there. Hope you hope you appreciated that. We we cut some extra audio just for you today. We worked hard on it. Yeah, we yeah, we worked hard on it. Which point should we cut it, Kayla? Should we have the background laser beams in it, <laughs> or just Emperor Palpatine? Yeah, we got that nerding uh, done. But today. Uh, our topic is the old college try. Obviously, is a certain slang idiom from way back to like try real hard, <laughs> give it the old college try. Um, but today is a topic of interest uh, to both parents out there and certainly children of all ages, teenagers as well, about what does it look like, right, to prepare uh, for college. Kayla got into college a couple weeks ago. So we did all the preparations of applying to a million schools and being in all these scholarship track honors programs for all these schools. But she got into her early decision first choice. So we just like told all the other folks, God bless you. We do with you. Um, so we we are uh, Washington Lee University bound about 80 minutes up the road, a small liberal arts college. We'll talk more about that later when we get to interviewing Kayla. But. The subject of of what what we're doing for college or how we do about that, why we do that, is a topic of interest to parents and children. And certainly, uh, with our goal here on the underground to be about um, engaging well in the borderlands between the church and culture. Obviously, education, there's many ways to do it. Um, homeschool, private school, uh, public school. Kayla, you've done all of those, right? Yeah, uh, I've hit them all. The homeschool was probably the smallest one. We, we homeschooled you for kindergarten. Yep. Along with going to a little preschool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two days a week. Which was a Christian preschool. Yeah. And then homeschool, kindergarten. Then we did private classical Christian school for yep. eight years. Yep. And then we did public school for your whole high school career, mm -hmm. which has worked out fantastically. And then college or no college. Obviously, college is not required for human beings in any way. Um, we're doing that, but it's but it's a path. Now, one of the things, if you're interested in those that discussion, episode 29 of the Gospel Underground, you just got schooled. 
Uh, we talk a little bit about school choices and things and educational choices there, if you can hit that up. Um, but college has been in the news of late with all these recent college scandals, right? It was basically celebrities and rich folks, people from the Hallmark Channel movies, I think. Yeah, Rip Lloyd Laughlin, <laughs> yeah. I still love you. Yeah. <laughs> you go into prison. Um, <laughs> Uh, in all seriousness, celebrities and rich people cheating the system is what kind of happened. So using sports coaches, like, yeah, my kid plays soccer or what, rowing. I rowing. think rowing was a Crew big one. Was like, a big one. You know, yeah. hey, row, row, row your boat all the way into an elite <laughs> college uh, by paying people, falsifying SAT scores or getting other people to actually take someone else's SATs and then flat out paying bribes. I'll link in the show notes if you were under a rock this year or asleep and didn't see that scandal. There's a New York Times article that summarizes it all that I'll link for you. So, one of the things that came out of that, and Kayla, I think will lead to some of our discussion, is that um, a lot of people are thinking, well, I got to get into the elitist of the elite schools. But in, in reality, what some researchers found, in particular, one Stanford researcher wrote a, wrote a uh, paper called A Fit Over Rankings, obviously using the word fit, like pitching a fit or uh, trying to find a fit for the college. Uh, why college engagement? matters more than selectivity because a lot of these schools if you google them google has a nice summary specifically on on mobile we've gotten very familiar <laughs> yeah with it. we know exactly where to look at the sat range the admissions what students get there all these rankings and such um you, people are are obsessed with one of the things like uh what is the acceptance rate so if your acceptance rates is like 98 percent, you apply there you get it uh, the the other colleges, Harvard, I think, is uh, 5%. Other schools, like the one you're going to, is around 20 I think. So uh, people get obsessed with that. But the research has shown college engagement's much more important. It's what you do while you're there. And and, and Casey, my wife, Kay- Kayla, your mother, has been really great in our process. Saying, you know, it doesn't really matter where you go. It just matters what you do there. She's not read this article, but turns out she's kind of right. So there's a couple, here's a couple quotes here from this article. Uh, and this I found on, I think, Quartz, uh, the website Quartz. Lisa Damore, author of Under Pressure, Confronting the Epidemic of Stress and Anxiety in Girls. We're going to confront that, right, Joy? <laughs> says that most parents want their kids to grow up to be happy, but they wrongly think the path relies on professional or financial success. And a lot of times people looking at elite colleges like, oh, I got to get the best job, make the most money. Since the future, if it's uncertain, parents focus on grades and test scores, the data that's close at hand. But she cites research by psychological uh, psychologist Daniel Kahneman that's showing adult well-being Listen to this, folks, is driven by high quality relationships, feeling that one's work has meaning and feeling one is becoming more skilled in their work. So obviously in our household, we believe high quality relationship, relationship with God, family, others, uh, most important towards joy, flourishing, happiness. Uh, and that article concludes, instead of pushing kids so hard on grades and tests and the likes, Darmar says, if you want to push, push on what matters, like fostering meaning, re- meaningful relationships, cultivating their interests and instilling discipline, right? Because in college, right, if you're passionate about what you're studying, if you're disciplined and focused about the way you go about it, you're going to do better. So we're talking to Kayla today. So this is exciting for me because I watched this one. Literally, I watched her be born. Such a a wonderful event. Um, (laughs) We'll keep all that to ourselves. Um, And watched her grow up. Uh, now kind of, she's an adult. She's one of my best friends. I was just Evernote scanning little notes. She's written me over the years for birthdays, father's day. Um, 
she's a blessing to me. So this is just wonderful for us. We'll try not to get sappy and cheesy too much. Well, uh, he'll try. Yeah, I'll try. Yeah. I can't make promises on his behalf. <laughs> Most likely to cry. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. Um, Kayla, how about you just start by introducing yourself, who you are, your interests a little bit, and uh, and then we'll jump into some questions. Jesse actually sent us some questions because Jesse's a dad. He's got kids that are younger. Um, Kayla's pioneering for our family, so she learned all the stuff that we, you know, the other two can learn from her. But Jesse had some really great questions that we wanted to ask Kayla today uh, from a, you know, hey, I've got little ones. How do we move towards the becoming an educated leader? Because that's our focus, whether college or not college, an educated servant leader for Christ and kingdom. But Kayla, tell us who you are. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Well, I, my name is Kayla Joy Monahan. I'm 18 years old, as my dad's already said. Um, I am an older sister. I've got a younger sister and younger brother, um, who are in 10th grade and seventh grade. And so walking in this process has been completely like brand new for our whole family, um, which we'll get into later, I'm sure. But, um, I was born in Blacksburg, Virginia. I ended up moving a bunch, grew up in New Jersey, which is one of the, um, one of the things I'm really grateful for. Um, and then moved back to Blacksburg for my high school years. Um, but while I was in New Jersey, I worked with a lot of younger kids. I was the oldest in our church with a lot of babies and a lot of toddlers, and there's no really other kids my age. And so because of that, I ended up in the classroom a lot. I ended up teaching quite a bit. Or um, hanging with the 20-somethings that were in our church, college yeah. kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I found that I really liked having that light bulb moment and watching someone else understand an idea um, and to encourage the pursuit of that, the pursuit of learning. Um, and I was in a phenomenal school called the Wilberforce School. I'll give it a shout out. Um, and it really shaped uh, my walk with the Lord. It really shaped my interactions with other kids. It shaped my interest in the humanities in particular, which is one of the things I want to major in. Um, and I really have carried what that has taught me and what God has given me through the interactions of my church, of my family, and my school um, to bring me up through high school and really be prepared to take on anything. And as high school has gone on, I found that I do want to go into education, um, but I've kind of figured out that I don't want to really necessarily want to go into public education. I don't want to get my degree in education. I want to um, actually start a school like the Wilberforce School where um, I want to get my degree in business and then classical studies. Um, so to have that combination to be able to go and really make an impact um, for God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. You know, Kayla, um, you know, one of the things that you've always been a great teacher, obviously with your siblings and other people, but uh, your passion for that, for both entrepreneurship as well as leadership and you know, the humanities as Kayla's our English poetry history person for sure in our family. Where, yeah, I may or may not have read about twenty books over Christmas. Yes, break. yes, but <laughs> not the one she needed to read for school. I just learned this morning. You better get on nineteen eighty four. Well, here's where we're yeah, going. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. uh, here's where we're going. I'm just going to ask you some questions about you know your growing up process, and then Kayla and I together at the end, we'll kind of tag team tracking through life zero to five years old, five to ten, that kind of thing up until 18, at least where we're sitting today, uh, and give some counsel, advice, love to others is what we've learned, good, bad, ugly along the way. So here are these questions from Jesse. Dad, Jesse, Jesse would have been here playing the dad, but I will ask in proxy for him. 
Um, Kayla, when did you start thinking about college or university studies? Do you remember how old you were and what made you start thinking about it? That's a good question. Um, I guess my whole life I've kind of had the assumption that I would go to college. Um, there was never really a time where I was like, this isn't the path for me. Um, my parents were college athletes and we've always been into athletics. And so it's always just kind of tied back to their college experience. And so we've kind of heard about college. We've watched. We met. We met. Yeah. Yeah. We met in college. I mean, I, um, have watched college sports. I've interacted with college students, um, since I was little, uh, my dad speaking stuff. And so there's not a, I don't remember how old I was. Um, when I first started thinking about college, I will say though, that my vision for what my college experience would be has definitely changed probably around the age of when did I break my leg 14? Um, because I, had an assumption as well that I would play college sports. Um, that was an assumption that I had made from the time I was little, um, that I would be playing college soccer. And after I shattered my right shin, um, I still kind of had that assumption, um, for the first year I would say. And then slowly that shattered, um, into nothingness, um, with a lot of anxiety, with a lot of tears, with a lot of frustrations. And so in that sense, I would say the started thinking about the college that I'm going to and the experience that I'm looking forward to in the last couple of years since yeah. my freshman or sophomore year of high school. Yeah, and this is one thing to take from this, folks, is that, you know, Kayla had some unspoken cultural expectations just because uh, Casey and I were college athletes that she should assume that she should want to do that or thought maybe we wanted her to do and that my club. Like that was their mission. They would check our grades, club soccer and in Jersey. They would encourage yeah. us that that was the goal was we wanted whether any level of college soccer, right. it was that we were going to play. And I think it was a good thing for all of us to just look at each other and say, it's okay yeah. if you don't want to. And so in some ways, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a little bit of relief yeah. Uh, because dealing with an injury, dealing with a, you know the training level, overcoming things, and uh, thinking about just wanting to be a student. Kayla got really involved with theater as well. She's still captain of the soccer team. Still very good, fo- <laughs> very good footballer. Still banging in goals for her club this fall. But I think that was a freeing thing, right? That very, the very much, yeah. studies. Okay, so um, is there an overlooked? Next question from Jesse. Is there an overlooked or unexpected habit? that your family has practiced that has helped you prepare for maybe academics, higher education, college kind of thing? I wouldn't say that it's necessarily been like a spoken thing we've intentionally done. Um, But, oh, there's a couple things. Um, One is the way my mom schedules things. Um, We all three play sports like we've talked about. We all three are very involved in clubs and stuff and we have we are the family that has the whiteboard in the kitchen that has everyone has their own color and the calendars marked with where everyone will be and where they're going and that sort of thing um and i've always enjoyed planning things but i think that time management aspect of it um is something that like our family culture is just naturally done um that i think is really going to help me regardless of what i get involved in i know how thin i can stretch even if i push that um, I know how to balance a lot of different things, balance a lot of different people, balance a lot of different groups. Um, and so I think that is definitely going to help me. And another thing that my family has done is we just encourage each other's interests and encourage each other's like 
desires to learn um and like to read and like encouraging like my little brother like Tommy actually go read a book um <laughs> and stuff like that or you know my sister currently is building a car that's powered by a mousetrap and has wheels of records and CDs in the moment she's been shooting like up. she's doing that right now yeah she she <laughs> showed me Chris. before I came out here to yeah. do this she yeah. showed me that she finally got the string to make it launch like five feet across the floor yeah um but so I think that ability to be interested in different things and encouraging each other to be interested in different things has been really helpful for me to learn what my strengths are what my weaknesses are um, and how to really be excited to learn new things and to grow. Yeah. And accept each other's yeah. interests. I mean, like this is a jet running joke with Kayla and I, where she's like, I hate math. Why do I hate math? And she's literally in like calculus that I took in college. She's taking in high school. Her, her math SAT score is hot, way higher than mine. I was a physics major in college. I'm like, well, you hate it. You're pretty good at it for hating it. But, but, but we don't push her like, Hey, you should go be an engineer. Right. Cause I won't uh, do it. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah. And then Kai's up there engineering something right now. So that's been fun for all of us. And, uh, I think, I think curiosity has been something we all yeah kind of have and encourage whatever directions that those things go. And so, all right, question three from Jesse. Uh, what What do you wish that me and Casey, your parents, uh, talked with you about maybe sooner in the college process or maybe gaps that we had for you or things that we just missed? I would say as the oldest and as the first one going through this, this is a tricky question because there wasn't much that they knew. <laughs> That's not like saying that they didn't understand it, but like they went through a completely different process than me because they went through the whole sports avenue. Um, and, and before the internet, which and, is a massive yes. difference that we all noticed. Yeah. Yeah. That was something else that like my application process was a lot easier. It pretty much all was online. College research. A lot yeah. easier. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And even like scheduling tours and like figuring out all that was all done through the internet at the click of a button, which was really nice. And even my acceptance letter um, was, I mean, they told me at eight o'clock that morning, which was ridiculously stressful. Email. <laughs> they said all your early admissions people will know by eight o'clock tonight. So I had to wait yeah. all day. Yeah, um, I knew just, you were getting in at that point because if they had not let you in and wait you all day to send you an email to reject you, I was going to go <laughs> go see some folk. <laughs> I was like, that would be so cruel. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't believe that though. So yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> you didn't believe you were in. You were in. Yeah, but what was really cool about it was it was eight o'clock. That night, and we all got on the iPad at 8.05 and clicked there it was, and I knew right away, Yeah, um, which was really nice and really neat. So in going back to the question, there wasn't much that, like, they didn't really – I wish they had told me sooner because they also didn't know, like, some of the schools I looked at they'd never even heard of. My dad, who grew up in Virginia and looked at Virginia schools, hadn't even heard of the school I'm going I'd to. I'd heard of it. I just didn't know much yeah. about it, yeah. Yeah, and so I think in that sense, like – it was fun hearing about their experiences, how my dad had to get packets in the mail to write out <laughs> crap. Like, I'm so glad I didn't have to do any of that. But um, in that sense, there wasn't a lot that I felt like they could have filled in the gaps because we were all filling them in together. Yeah, and learning from others. I mean, we yeah. a couple schools that hit our radar later were from our guidance, one of the guidance counselors here yeah. at the high school. And so I think the more and more we can do is everyone talk to people to try to Try to learn what you don't know, you know, it's always, always helpful. So, um, 
what do you wish we backed off about, right? If mom or dad was, you know, too riding you too hard on something in the college process. Um, and Jesse says, speak freely. We'll make for a fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, so come, come, laugh, come get us. You know, um, yeah. um, so I wouldn't recommend this to people, to everybody, but I, um, I got my essays done very early, which I would recommend that. I would recommend if you're a junior um, in high school, look at the essays in Common App or in... Um, common App is the application that a lot of schools use online to share a common, you know, who you are, your information, yeah. and even an essay. And you can do that, and then you can submit to multiple schools, which is really yeah, nice, so too. You, the way it works is you write one long essay, and then each school has individual smaller essays that you still do have to write. Um, but you can log in like any time you can start filling in like stuff anytime in high school, um, which is super helpful. Like log your activity, log what your service hours, log your leadership, whatever you're doing, write it down somewhere so you can put it in. Yeah. Cause they're going to ask you extracurriculars. Yeah. And even if, Hey, you did a dog walking service, you babysit kids, you help park cars. I mean, whatever it is they do, they do care about these things that you're kind of serving others. And so, yeah, keep track of that. Yeah. Don't forget. That was something yeah. that I learned and I had friends be like, Hey, for my national honor society application, the best thing a girl ever told me was, hey, take pictures and save it all because it was a lot of work. But doing that saved me so much time when it came to college applications. Um, but so I went and looked at the year before and found all those essays. And I wrote a lot of my essays in the summer. Um, like my dad said, we found two or three schools late. So those got done later. But um, it was really nice to have that done. Once I was done, though, I was like, all right, cool. They're good. <laughs> and... Um, my mom in particular pushed me to have a lot more people look at them, which I probably should have. And I did have a couple people look at them, but she was like, you should have this person get your English teacher and this and that. And I was like, I'll, I'll get to it. Yeah. And I guarantee you I did not. And so that was one thing that I was like, mom, look, I know I'm a writer. Step back. Well, a little bit, not, not that much though. And like, I did have people look at it who I knew would actually be what it. I had my parents both look at them too. And really give me feedback because they know how I can sometimes my writing can be a little out of the place over um, overly flowering. Yeah. <laughs> I like words yeah. too much sometimes. Um, <laughs> Beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was one thing that like my mom in particular, my dad did it too, but uh, my mom pushed to like have me work more on my essays, which they are an extremely important part of the process. Um, and they should not be taken lightly. And every college you go to every tour, they'll be like, Oh, our essays are, your essays are our favorite parts to read because we get to know who you are. And in those words, you need to put everything about who you are. And that's really stressful yeah. to think that like they're evaluating on you on 250 words. But, um, that was one thing that I felt like for me personally that I didn't need as much pressure on. And so that was one thing that I wish they had backed off a bit. Um, I, other than that, it was just like, they were mostly leaving it in my hands. It was my responsibility to get all the pieces in, to get the different recommendations in, to get the different people I needed to say stuff for me um, and my own stuff together. And so that um, was kind of nice. There would be the occasional, okay, I got this email. It's being forwarded from both my mom and my dad separately <laughs> saying, hey, did you do this already? The answer is yes, I did it two months ago. And you got the email too. Yes. Yeah. So three times. Uh, yes. <laughs> so things like that that were frustrating, but in general, no, it was pretty easy. It most of the stress was self-induced. It wasn't anything that I felt from my parents or much pressure from them that they needed to back off or anything. Yeah, I think that principle of um, being responsible, even 
your mother did a great job with you guys as kids, even with the way you approach like your club soccer teams when you were little, that you always email your coach. We don't do it for you. She always made sure that you thanked the coach after practice, that you knew you got your stuff together and giving those kind of responsibility, whatever it is in life, it's doing chores around the house or asking is taking responsibility for your own path. And we kept, you know, just to brag on you, Kayla, we kept hearing from other parents in the high school, like, oh, they don't know what they're going to do. And I'm like, oh, she's got eight applications done. <laughs> freaking overachieving yeah, here. Yeah, I am a little ahead of the you game. Know, I have friends know. finishing now. And yeah, I mean, because in reality, a lot of people will apply in the spring and a lot of people will make the decision late spring. And so. Yeah. And one part of the process that I didn't realize until we kind of got into it was that ultimately, unless you were dead set, like I knew I wanted to go to Washington and Lee. Um, and so that's why I committed with an early decision agreement, which is legally binding saying, if I get in here, I will attend your university. Right. Um, but there's early action, which is extremely helpful because it's non-binding. You submit your applications in like November, December, and you find out in January, February, your decisions. Um, but you do not have to actually decide until May 1st. Right. Um, and that's something that I think people like hype up senior year but in reality you don't have to make a decision till till may till may yeah and the reason why you know we discussed early decision is that certain schools if if they are difficult to get in your uh, opportunity to get in goes up if you go early decision and so and we didn't know like with people you know paying paying folks bribes to get into college we didn't know if you you know how does this stuff work specifically with a school like the one uh, that you applied to early. We'll talk more about that later when we look at maybe yeah. what you look for in school and why, because all three of our kids, I think, are different on that one. Yep, so sure. <laughs> um, what do you feel most prepared for heading out to school, and what do you feel least prepared for? Uh, take one of those one at a time for us. Good questions, Jesse. Yeah, very good questions. Um, I feel like I'm most prepared for um, the two parts. I feel very prepared for the classroom, for the academic setting, um, I feel like my schooling from being a kindergartner with my parents to a senior in high school um, has really culminated to prepare me to that. Um, and that I'm very confident that going into a classroom, I can connect with a professor and that I can put in the time and the work and manage my time enough that I'll be good to go. Um, I also feel like I'm prepared to meet new people. Um I, you are our social child. Yeah, <laughs> probably the most social out of the three of us. And so I think for even like the experience of moving to Virginia as a freshman and having to go in not knowing anybody um, was terrifying. But it also I'm glad I had it because it makes me more confident going into a freshman in college um, and being on campus with a whole group of people that I have no idea and being willing to just say, I right, screw it. I'm making new friends and just yeah. putting myself out there. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, and what am I feel least prepared for? <laughs> it sounds cheesy. Um, being away from my family, I think, um, we're really close. All five of us. My brother's been saying like, Mr. Sapology, that guy right now, isn't he? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, he's been really sad that I'm leaving and, oh, it's Kayla's last Christmas. Oh, it's Kayla's last this. <laughs> I'm like, stop. Like, I'm fine. Like, <laughs> we're trying to be, <laughs> we're trying to have fun with this. Like, relax. I will be home for Christmas next year. Um, so I think that is really hard. Um, I feel like naturally my friendships have kind of not lost their closeness, but everybody's starting to prepare for the next for step. The next step. My best friend and I are probably the two that are having the hardest time with it, and we're 
not ever giving that up. Um, but we really like talked about making a commitment to actually staying in touch. Um, but my family is going to be really hard to be away from and not be able to be here for my sister when she's, you know, having her high moments in high school that I wish I could watch firsthand or her low moments and my little brother. Um, you know, I'm excited that I'm only going to be like an hour and a half away because that's an easy, Hey, come pick me up. I want to surprise Tommy thing. Um, which is fun. But at the same time, I think that's going to be especially early going to be a real challenge for me to really embrace being on my own and really enjoying that and what comes with that, but also finding that balance between checking in with home and being on my yeah. own. And, and knowing like, okay, if you are lonely or homesick, it's okay to call or come see, yeah. or, you know, but yet at the same time, knowing we may say, yeah, just make, get over stay, it. Stay my up. mom will just be like, <laughs> yeah. you're fine. Get over yeah. it. Go out. <laughs> yeah. Casey's just brilliant on that. Like I, I remember over the years, her counseling other like young wives and moms, like, like, well, it's time to put our big girl pants on. <laughs> Yeah. And, and take and be the adult here, <laughs> um, yeah. But no, she'll she'll miss you in in public and private ways. But she will yeah. tell you to <laughs> stay there and figure it out. <laughs> All right. Well, Kayla, this next one I guess is pretty um, final question. Is that uh, how do you hope your parents stay connected with you? And maybe the corollary to that, uh, um, or is there a, con- a contrary to that? Uh, how do you hope that we give you space uh, with you in your freshman year? Hope for connection, hope for disconnection. Um, hope for connection. I'm excited to see, like, technology is a really easy way to stay connected. Um, and our family group chat already is kind of a hot mess and really fun. And so <laughs> I hope that that is, like, a current thing. And I, I really want you guys to check in on me, especially because I do have a tendency, like, emotionally to go from high to low to high to low. Um, just, no, I know nothing about these words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I meant that not by that I've witnessed that in my teenage daughter, but I share the same trait. Well, yeah. both and. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you've seen your fair show yeah. meltdowns. But yeah. just because of that, just to have them check in and be like, hey, you know, how are you doing? Not because they're freaking out, but because they just are, con- you know, because they care and because they still want to be a part of my life. And to just keep me in touch on what's going on at home and what my siblings are doing and what, you know, Blacksburg High School News, like, do we get a new principal or whatever? And I know absolutely zero about Division Three college wrestling, but they have one at your school. So I'll be like, hey, I'm going to come to a wrestling match. You're like, yeah, (laughs) just come take take you out to dinner. That's going to be an adventure. Yeah, yeah, so in that, and like, I stay connected, and then I'm still going to use your Disney Plus account, and I'm going to use your Flow Wrestling (laughs) subscription, and like things like that. That I Kayla, get off Flow Wrestling. (laughs) I'm trying to watch the Olympic trials. Yeah, I guess that'll already be happening. But yeah, (laughs) Um, but yeah, so stuff like that. Like I'm excited to have the opportunity to live life and to share it with them from like a distance through technology. Um, I will say ways I hope to stay disconnected. Um, is that I really want to get involved with a church and with a campus group that will be mine um, because my whole life, like I've loved doing the way my church has done family. I mean, bleh, my family has done church and vice versa, honestly. Um, but the way my dad has kind of led us to pick a church, I've really enjoyed and I know what kind of church I like and I know um, what I think I'm called to serve in and what kind of environment I'm called to serve in. But at the same time, a lot of groups that I've been involved in are my parents founded or my parents are influencing or my sibling and I lead FCA at the high school. But like, there's a lot of other factors involved with that um, where I really want a group where I can, you know, 
make a difference and actually help and make that my own. Um, and invite my parents into that to like enjoy and have my dad come speak when we need speakers and stuff like that. Um, but to just kind of have that be my own and really embrace my faith as my own. Um, as well as just getting to explore new relationships, new friendships, new environments, things like that. Pledge a sorority. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we'll see how that goes, but that's not off the table. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just kind of get to do that on my own and really get to explore and make my own decisions and who I get to trust and who I want to interact with. Um, which, they, I mean, it's not like they oppress my friendships now or anything like that yeah. any way, shape, or form, but just to kind of do that on my own in my own environment is something that I'm really excited about. Awesome. I mean, I only want to meet the guy friends. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, Kayla, for, for sharing those. And certainly if you're a parent listening, you got little kids. Um, it happens really fast. Um, things sprint through life. The, the old adage that life goes, you know, the, the, the days are long and the years are short gets truer and truer, uh, just existentially as we get older. I, I was in the wrestling room yesterday wrestling high school boys and I'm like 47. I'm like, I'm old, man. I'm really old. But, uh, well, Kayla, let's just track a little bit as we close today, um, through just life and some of the things I, I've, jotted out a bullet list that I know you have too, um, about things that we think are important to become again, it's not about college, but about becoming an educated kingdom leader. What do, yeah. what do you do? And so a lot of this stuff, you know, I share in parenting conferences that, that I do from time to time for churches and leaders and, uh, certainly living, you know, everyone thinks, well, you're a professional and you've done this a bunch. No, everybody's <laughs> doing life once. That's something that I keep telling myself. Aaron does life one time. Um, I don't believe in reincarnation. I mean, it's it's a fine idea. I just think it's false. Um, so if we live once, right, then die, then judgment, then kingdom, man, everybody's a rookie doing something. And so first-time parents are first-time parents, and for, you go through life. So um, zero to five years, something's important with kids, right? Uh, you want to see this develop in little people. Um, a love for discovery, a love for questions, right? Because questions are great tools for discovery, uh, which leads to, obviously, uh, the love for learning, okay? Uh, Joy, what would you say about those three loves just in your little person years? Um, I think that they're natural and that as a parent, it's your job to foster them in a way that's going to help them grow and not, one, to shut them down, but also to keep them focused um, to actually get something out of it rather than just jump, 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 jump all the time. I think a love for discovery, you let, I mean, you look at a toddler, they think everything is the coolest thing ever. Like watching a toddler stack rocks, they think it's the most entertaining event that has ever occurred in human history. Or them watching you stack rocks. Or that, or <laughs> yeah. over and over and over and over. Or my, my five-year-old cousin, we were with them for Thanksgiving and we just run hills up and down. That's all she wanted to do was race me up and down, up and down. And my grandpa would be like, all right, two more. And he said two more, I think about 10 times. Um, but she loved it. And that's what she wanted to do. And then they want to go look at rocks. They want to go look at shells. They want to go explore the world around them. Um, and so I think letting your kids get outside is a really important part of that. I think moms, like it can be hard, but one, something I'm really grateful what my mom did with us um, was to take us places we'd go to water parks we'd go to museums we'd go explore the park we'd go to the library we live and die by the library to this day because when we were little I think I almost believe I was born in a library to be honest <laughs> um and so I think the discovery aspect will lead to the questions and so let them ask questions and answer them they will 
get something out. They might not understand at all, nor should they. I mean, I, how old was I with the light bulb thing? Uh, very little, yeah. Yeah. I was asking, like, I was like two or three flipping on a light switch. And I was asking why, why, why? Which is a toddler's favorite question. Um, and <laughs> we my got dad, all the way to quantum mechanics. Yeah, you know, he explained Electron it. tunneling. <laughs> I, I don't understand it now. And I guarantee you my two-year-old self did not understand it either. But he took the time to engage with me and actually answer my questions and let me really be curious. And I think that allowed me to, okay, I feel like I kind of understand that when it goes up, it'll turn on and when it goes down off and maybe that's all I got. Yeah. But I also knew I could come to my dad with questions about anything and he would actually answer me. And I think, I think, uh, those questions that little kids have and that inquisitiveness and curiosity just creates a culture, right? Yeah. That creates a culture where, wow, this is what we're doing. We're discovering God's world. We're discovering God's works. And some of the tools used, books, 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 read your kids. I mean, we were reading to Kayla when she was in the womb. I was quoting Malcolm Ruggeridge and Aristotle to Kayla <laughs> when she was born. Um, you know, cate- catechism tools. We use a lot of question and answer in terms of theology. Um, but most important, and Kayla's already mentioned this, is presence, right? Your your cousin wanted to run up the hill with you. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you've got a toddler and you're pounding sand, oh, what are you doing? I'm pounding sand. <laughs> I don't even know what pounding sand is. Uh, they just want to be with you, right? Um, they want to be with you. And so that presence with tools creates culture that loves learning. And it's exhausting, but it is rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. But I've always said, I say this to dads all the time, especially. I was like, look, your energy and your creativity does, be- you, you put that in your family. Because yeah. you, you can put it all, you can put it a lot of places, making money or being famous, but like put that in your kids, right? Why would you give your best to like Procter and Gamble and not to your daughter? It just it's a trade you don't want to make. So presents, um, and then finally, parents preparing for college, year, <laughs> zero to five years, start saving some money, <laughs> put five dollars away every month, or as much as you can, right? Uh, very important as you see these college bills, they are pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> five to 12 year olds. Okay. Here's what you do with five to 12 year olds. Um, we'll put these little bullets in your show notes as well. Five to 12 year olds, all of your, uh, your zero through five, keep doing that. Discovery questions, learning books, presence, catechism, all that stuff. Um, but then, uh, start giving your kids, even at this age, responsibilities, right? Teaching them about discipline, um, and modeling things with them and to them, I think are very important principles. Uh, how about a little thoughts from Kayla? Miss response. You were very responsible. Like you were like, we, I remember we, both your mom and I would talk you through a day. Like you were like, well, what are we doing today? And yeah. you're like, well, first we're going to the library and then we're going to go do this. And, and you'd want it all laid out. You're like, all right, good. Yeah. We're ready to go. My mom and I still do that. Um, which sometimes drives my sister a little crazy because she's not in those conversations. And so she doesn't know what's going Nobody on. Nobody tells her anything yeah. that's going on. That's Kai's quote. Is You're leaving again, her. dad. Nobody tells me. Anything. <laughs> um, but for me, I like have to know what's the schedule for the day. I have to know. So my mom and I will bounce off each other. You have this, you have that. They have this. Okay, cool. And we're all good. But, um, I think that kind of one came from just me watching my parents and how organized they were. Um, and the way they balanced everything. Uh, made me want to do the same thing and it wasn't that we were running around too much it was that I wanted to know what we were doing as we were running around because I enjoyed it um and I think I mean I was home alone my parent I mean my siblings kind of thing when I was around this age not five um, <laughs> sorry let me five year Kayla take yeah. care of the kids nobody burning things down <laughs> more towards the 12 yeah, yeah, yeah more towards the 11 12 yeah. kind of range yeah. um for like a couple hours at you know, as they went on on date night or something. Yeah, but, date um, night when you get kids get older, you got free babysitting. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But um, I think, you know, 
with siblings in particular, you have a lot of opportunities to do this. Um, and there will be frustrations because Bobby will hit Jimmy and Jimmy will cry and they will have issues. But, you know, if you teach the responsibility of loving your siblings and you, you know, okay, well, this is how bedtime works. This is our routine. This is what you have to do um, as you're now getting older. And for to encourage your older children, hey, Jimmy is watching you. Right. Jimmy is emulating everything you're doing. So you need to be aware of that. And as you're going to grow up, you need to realize that. And I think that might not fully come through. I know for me, like, I don't remember my siblings ever looking up to me that my parents said, oh, no, they did every single day um, and stuff like that. But um, I think that your modeling is very important and then they will model themselves after you. And so it's not just you're trying to act perfect because you're not, nor will you be, nor should you be. Because some of the things you have to model are humility, repentance, being honest about your faults. Like, dang, I screwed up. I was a jerk there, you know, to your kids, right? Yeah, and being open to forgive and to ask for um, forgiveness as well, Um, even to your kids. Um, And that's some of the, I think the closest moments I have with my parents are even now when people get frustrated. Um eventually someone who's mad will go to their room and then um one of my parents will come and they'll apologize to us or they'll you know ask us to apologize and most of the time we'll come to them we're old enough at this point we know better but um yeah you can call us out that's good yeah yeah Um, but i think that relationship is really important during this time frame to really understand that they are capable of doing things in school they are capable of accomplishing more than probably the school system even asks. They them. should be expected to read the book they're supposed to read. Yes. Yeah. Don't just don't because they pitch a fit doesn't mean they get out of schoolwork or going to practice or things like that. They need to actually be held accountable for things they're committed to. That's right. And and when you're disciplined and uh, giving responsibility to kids in the five year old range, you want to evolve it up to the twelve year old yeah. range, right? <laughs> so you know it might be like you know, discipline for talking back or not accepting no answer when they're five. But when they're 12, it's like they're disciplining themselves. Have your cleats ready for practice. Have your homework done. Know know when your test is. Those kind of things uh, transverse into that. Some of the tools in this age range, books again, audio books became a huge uh Part of, part of our family. Um, apps. I remember we had these goofy apps uh, uh, like Dr. What was it called? Dr. Vook PhD. Yeah, Dr. Vook PhD. We had these history apps that the kids World would get into. World War II. Yeah, they were getting history stuff. We had these little math apps. You know, um, uh, Dragon Box, Dragon is, a, Box is, is a game. game. That was um, super helpful. It teaches you algebra, basically, before yeah. you know you're doing algebra. You hate math, right, Kayla? Uh-huh. Um, certainly reading, uh, New City Catechism, both uh, at the dinner table, reading the Bible together became the tools we used and then also parents save some money <laughs> keep saving some money um i think around this time is when i shifted our college savings for each of our kids to be heavier weighted towards saving for kayla than the other two because i realized and now this is actually becoming clear that yeah i did at the time i didn't know it was a good decision but it is we're going to need the most kind of upfront cash and things for kayla and by the time kayla's tommy's in college kayla and kai will be pretty much done and we can put all our savings all of our kids activities money all our stuff our income towards tommy so we won't need as much but save some money uh 12 to 18 year olds um, you want to do all of zero to five you want to do all you know discovery questions learning books presence that doesn't change uh, all of five to 12 right responsibility discipline modeling t- with one another and it becomes a family culture um, and then 12 to 18, uh, you need to have arguments, right? You need to learn to present things. Uh, you need to learn to have goals. 
educationally, uh, you need to learn to focus, right? Um, there's a lot that comes to my mind here, Caleb, but I even remember like, you know, a, a low first mark in biology or something in ninth <laughs> grade. And you're like, stressing out or frustrated. And mom was too. Mom was even worse. Well, you better get your stuff together. It all counts She's now. Still yeah. Um, so, you know, having to really learn how to, okay, I got to focus and get down because you had a goal that you wanted to have all A's right through, through high school. And so far, uh, you know, Hang on, don't mess it up at the very, very end. <laughs> oh, Just gotta get their BC calc. Yeah, we'll be yeah. Fine. <laughs> so, so, but, but again, you know, the the focus because you had that goal. You know, it, you know, didn't, didn't get seriously stressful, but it was like, yeah, I need to. There were moments, yeah, but not in general. We need yeah. we need to do this right. Um, learning to argue. Arguments aren't bad. Making your case for things is good. Your kids should make their case for things. They should learn to present knowledge well because that's really the essence, you know, of their work life or their family life where they're trying to persuade someone, uh, trying to do good in the world and those maybe uh, people opposing it. You, know, you have to learn to make good arguments and present things. I think school helped a lot with that. I, certainly we were involved as Kayla mentioned in the classical school model model where you get into the analytic phase in middle school the rhetoric phase analytic logic and argument and uh, rhetoric presentation of knowledge right um, speaking um, we did a lot of memorization a lot of yeah. uh, public speaking even uh, at our school which we love because our kids will stand up and speak in front of anybody now and, and always would um, but they did that from a very young age and so through these years, um, and then uh, as a dad, guiding uh, your kids' loves and interests, um, not determining them. That's really important because God makes everyone unique. Everyone's not the same. Your kids' interests may sometimes overlap with yours. Sometimes they won't. I have no theater background at all. But I love going to watch Caleb do theater stuff. I'm like, man, oh, she's into it. I'll, I'll be there. But like, it ain't my scene, right? <laughs> Um, but guiding them, right? Helping kids clarify, you know, we're even doing that with Tommy, you know, he's business minded, but also like sports minded. He was talking last night about sports broadcasting. So he's 13. So we're looking up on the internet. Hey, what are the best sports broadcasting universities in America? And Penn state was in the top 15 or 20. He's like, Ooh, I like Penn state. So, you know, that's the type of stuff where you're not determining. Yeah. And it's that, especially at that age is all fun and good too. It's not like they're put, we're putting pressure on Tommy. He has to decide right now. That he wants to be on ESPN someday. Yeah, or something. Like, yeah, yeah. He's not at that point, but at the same time, opening the door to be like, Hey, think about this. Think, I mean, like, even the, what I decided to major in, well, and I that could change. I mean, that's what I'm thinking right now. Right. Um, but the, like, idea of, okay, do I want to go into education? Yeah. What kind of education? This. And, like, my parents were there, and the ideas for the potential majors that I'm looking at were my dad saying, okay, well, I don't think you want to major in education, to which my prompt answer was, I do not want to major in education. Because well, a lot of times the uh, educational establishment, so to speak, has a different view even of knowledge than, say, we do, right? That knowledge is, you were discovering truth about God and his world. They're like, you're constructing socially constructed things that people like or something. And, that's, and the way that they interact with young brains and the way they want well, they, what they believe the capacity for a child is, I think, is something very different. And um, it becomes political and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, But so, you know, that's just one example where my dad was like, well, hey, why don't we think about going a business route? Because you would have to have business to manage an entrepreneurial establishment, which essentially leadership communications. Yeah. 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 Which, you know, is what I want to do um, at the moment anyway. Um, and so that's just like an example of how like what I'm planning for my life has come from my dad being like, well, hey, this is what you're thinking. This is what you're gifted in. Why don't you try this path? Yeah, um, it, which will match your leadership gifts with, you know, 
major, uh, double majoring in some humanities history classics, yeah. you know, maybe a little in the English department too, as long as it's yeah. not queer theories for Marxists or something, you know. <laughs> That's English, not the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, all right, Kayla, let's, let's finish today with talking about your own college search. And so I've got four F's. Um, F University for you. Um, <laughs> one of the colleges you did apply to was uh, Furman University, FU. Um, fit, uh, find, uh, focus, and then faith. And so describe each of these phases because I, I drew these out from your process, yeah. right? Um, what did that look for you? What were you looking for in terms of fit? Again, the article that we, re- we referenced earlier from a Stanford researcher about finding a good place for you, what were you looking for and what did you realize you weren't looking for? And talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So when I um, started looking at schools, I honestly didn't know at all what I wanted. I knew I didn't want to be eight hours away from home. Um, and I knew that I um, wanted just a really strong academic school. That was about it. And I thought close to home academics yeah, and maybe smallish. But I really didn't know. I've always preferred smaller places at my school growing up. And at Wilberforce is tiny. My high school is not gigantic. Um, and I'm very social, so I like to know everybody. So I was like, <laughs> a smallish would be cool. Um, and then uh, my first college visit ever um, was to Wake Forest, which I loved. Honestly thought I was going to go there for a, a while. Um, and then, because my dad was speaking at um, with an AIA group there, and... Um, I was like, okay, this is, like, I like the size. I like the people, these kids. Even the athletes are, like, really smart. Um, and they're, like, really engaging with their professors and asking questions from us and all this stuff. The people are really nice. Okay, cool. Like, maybe I, I could do this. this. This feels like a good size, good fit. Like, this is awesome. But I really had no idea. The next day, we went to UNC Chapel Hill. Which Go is, Heels. Yeah. <laughs> um, where both my parents went for my mom for two years. My dad graduated from there. Um, where they met, where their like lives got turned upside down, where they're on the path they are today, all this stuff. And I've heard about this. I've cheered for the Tar Heels. I love Carolina Blue. It's my favorite color. I was like, all right, cool. And we went on this tour. <laughs> and it was so sad yeah. because I just didn't like it. You didn't like it at all. <laughs> <laughs> I got back to the guy who led my dad to the Lord and who's still on campus there. Um, staff and staff with campus ministry there we went to their house and i just started sobbing and they're like what's wrong and i was like i don't like it i'm supposed to like this school <laughs> but i realized yeah. this place is not the right fit for me it's too big there's too many people i don't like walking this much i don't like you know being super disconnected from the athletes are in a totally different place my dad was like oh i never came over here or here, or here. i don't even know what this part of campus yeah. is and i was like you went here for five years how do you not know three quarters of your campus um and so i think it was a real eye-opener for me that really clinched the size debate yeah, in yeah. my head which is very important which rules out larger yes yeah. um which was good to kind of get the ball rolling. I still really liked Wake Forest. I ended up interviewing there, um, which I really enjoyed. The guy was fantastic. Um, and I really seriously considered even going early decision two, which it was, basically it was means, definitely in the top three. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then I think we next looked at Washington and Lee. Um, my dad, so what was really cool also about the process for me personally is that my dad got to go with me to all of it, mm-hmm. which is crazy because like his schedule is insane and my schedule is insane. And I didn't think that I would be able to visit most of these places, let alone like, 
with my dad go together yeah Yeah. and so i mean we hit oh gosh one week in the <laughs> summer i think we hit four schools in five days yeah 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 because um, yeah. we just road tripped and we just hit one after the other and made it a loop thing and to a soccer trip per usual and it, it was a really great week um uh, but it was really nice to see all these schools in succession i got to see like um university of virginia UV, yeah it was UV, washington, Lee, washington Lee, william and mary yep and I th- that's when I did my interview for Wake. That that's was right. The, that's the, right. That's, that's right. that was the fourth thing. Um, but I, I immediately was like, okay, Washington Lee is adorable. The town is so- Lexington. If you want to see somewhere that's like quintessentially Kayla, look up Lexington, <laughs> Virginia. It's my favorite place, and I don't even live there yet. Um, <laughs> Small little mountain town. It's yeah. super cute. Yeah. Um, and my dad was like, okay, I could definitely see you here. The people are, like, really smart, but they're really social. Like, this could be a really cool fit. And then on the drive to the next college, we're looking up stuff about it on my phone. And we we're like, this place is so cool. The way they do their history is incredible. Huge endowment, lots of grants <laughs> yeah, that if, if you get in. <laughs> great city yeah. abroad program. Yeah, like, great, they have yeah. a huge alumni network, even though it's a tiny school. It's only got, like, 2,000 people. I was like, all right, this place is awesome. But I love Wake Forest. <laughs> Um, I didn't really know, and I. But I think what was really helpful is to keep doing tours, is to keep looking, comparing things, comparing things. Um, and and in in each place, we were looking for academic rigor, spiritual climate. Like, are there churches here? Are there campus ministries here? Do we know people there? Because a lot of schools, we actually knew people that were either involved there. What are some of the other things Um, in close to home? Close proximity to home. The farthest I looked away was we could afford it. (laughs) That's other thing. Yeah, Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah. Um. God works in mysterious ways. Um, but my farthest away was about four, four and a half hours, which was um, William and Mary yeah. up in Williamsburg, which I really did like. Um, especially, I mean, I just, if you can't tell by now, I really like history, and it was just a really cool place. And then we, we told one of your guidance counselors the schools you were looking at, yeah. and she was like, wow, those are all really hard to get into. University of Richmond was also on the yeah, list. Yeah, University Pick one that – pick some schools that are small you get into. <laughs> that you'll definitely get into. And he's like, well, we didn't know. And so he recommended two schools in South Carolina, yeah. Wofford University, Wofford College. Uh, Wofford College, which who, is almost University Who should have beat Duke in the NCAA tournament yeah. last year. Uh, and then Furman University, who was beating Virginia Tech in football at halftime this year. <laughs> and so we didn't know anything about those places. So we went down there and, and found wonderful Love small them. liberal arts schools, Love right, uh, that were very academically focused and had opportunities where, well, we thought you'd definitely get in and, and maybe be in, in some yeah. of their top-tier scholarship programs. So we started that process as well. Yeah, and I also got into Campbell University, which is where my mom graduated from. That's right. Um, they accepted you right away. And, <laughs> that's a crazy story yeah, for yeah, another day. Yeah, yeah. But, um yeah, so it was definitely, um, you know, I've had guidance counselors and I've had people been telling me and coaches and different things over the years be like, okay, you need to figure out these factors, which I was like, all right, I'll get to it. Yeah. But when it really came down to it, those factors were extremely important. And then once you have that, that's your fit, then you start what I call find or you finalize your list. That, hey, I'm going to apply to these universities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I ended up going relatively big, though. I mean, it's kind of a normal size. I ended up applying to eight schools and then yeah. I had Campbell so it was nine yeah um and one of those like I said earlier was the early decision legally binding agreement the rest were all non-binding majority were early action for the schools that had them I did that because yeah. I was already done um and the rest were all regular decisions um and I'm in the process now of pulling all those applications yeah and, and you know we we look at it now like we paid application fees some offer free ones some don't yeah. your school paid for a couple of them for two, yeah. um 
you went and interviewed, went to a scholars program at Wofford, which was, you know, for, you made it to a second phase of that. Also with Campbell and other scholarships. Yep. And literally that stuff all became utterly irrelevant. But yep. it was like, hey, <laughs> contingency plan. You have to do what you do, what you know with what you know today. And I learned a lot from it. Yeah. I feel like I learned from I mean, I did college interviews for admissions at Wake Forest and Washington and Lee. Those are the only two that yeah. I really wanted to do them for. And then I did interviews for Wofford, and then I did a bunch another mini-application process for the Campbell Scholarship Program. And all of those, I really learned um, how to interview well, how to dress for an interview, how to you know be prepared, how to relax and be able to answer questions honestly. Yeah. Um, things like that, which is skills that I've had and kind of been developed and help people have helped me work grow in, but really kind of getting that first taste of the real world. Putting it in, man, right? Yeah. It was really helpful. Yeah. If exhausting. Our third F, uh, focus. Um, I just wrote kill it ahead of time. <laughs> and and here's the thing, you know, Kayla, you did, you did work on your common app early. You wrote your essays over the summer. You were interacting with us about the essays and other friends of reading different things. Even Kylene had a good, a good idea for one of that fit you really well about roller coaster. I think for Wake Forest. Yeah. Wake Forest has one that's really cool part of their application where it says, give us your top 10 list of, your choice and you have to pick a theme and just you top to 10 of what they don't tell you. They yeah. just say, give us your top 10. You're like, what does that mean? So I asked the interviewer and he was like, dude, do whatever's you. I mean, wouldn't re- you can do your top 10 schools you're interested in, but would not recommend. I was like, thank yeah, you. Yeah. So if any of you are planning to wake, would not do the top 10 schools. Yeah. You want. And wake force number one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That. Um, yeah. But so my sister was like, well, you like roller coasters. I was like, I've got an idea. Yeah. And so I did, 10 roller coasters I've been on. I'm a roller coaster junkie. I love them. Yeah, I ride about five rides and then I puke and, you know, but I'm the only one that could. Casey got a concussion, couldn't ride them anymore. The little ones are scared of them. Or sick. I or sick. sick, yeah. And and I, I hate them, but I love you. And I ride them until I turn green and I'm done for the day. Yeah. it's <laughs> it, And then I have to find a friend who will actually yeah. do them with me, but we'll yeah. get there. Um, but yeah, so my sister had the idea of why don't you just do a bunch of roller coasters? I was like, okay, let me see how I can finish this. So I did nine roller coasters in different places showing where I traveled and stuff and different amusement parks I'd been to. And then the last one was my life. And I did all the places I had lived. And then at the end, I was like, dot, 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 and Wake Forest. <laughs> but like having my little sister know me well enough that she yeah. can help me through that process yeah. was such a fun yeah. experience and something we could enjoy together. And and here's where I do recommend the, the fact that you got ahead of it. Yeah. You know, ahead of time. It frees you up for creativity. It lowers anxiety and stress. If you're doing everything last minute all the time, you maybe, maybe, or may not do your best work. Yeah. Um, so that was a real thing that I learned from you is to watch, watching you focus. Very, very, very proud of you. And then finally, um, faith, uh, trusting God and the process. And I think for all of us, I mean, when we left Washington Lee University, I put their little logo on my watch. <laughs> it did, and it drove me nuts. I was like, I've got to get in first. Yeah, like, yeah. knock it off. I, I learned about the, the Washington Lee promise, like free tuition if you make less than a certain amount of money. But she was like, you got to get in. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's not easy to get in. And either. you just don't know. You know, you don't know why you get accepted or rejected to schools. And and we tried, I mean, just the inside scoop from your mother and I, we were trying to prepare you for rejection, right? Because mom's good at that. Yeah. We're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> a lot of smart kids go to the, you know, there's only this many are going to get in that are girls, you know? So we were thinking, okay, you won't get in there, but all the other schools, all the contingency work we were doing was excellent. But and then privately we were hoping obviously. Yeah. And I think what was really helpful about that was I did love a lot of other places. I yeah. wasn't, I hadn't just looked at one place, said, this is it and I'm done. Right. Um, I it's did, not the end of the world, right? Yeah. yeah and yeah. even now, like 
you know, I'm super stoked about Washington Lee, like unbelievably excited. But if it doesn't work out, there's always options to transfer out. There's always other options to figure things out. Um, and it's not like an end all be all decision as much as I'm hoping it will be. <laughs> and I'm really excited about, but so I think that was something too that did help me was, you know, your guys encouragement that look at these other places as well. Look yeah. at these places you've put in time, you've enjoyed, you've liked them, you think you could fit here. Um, and so I didn't do, one where I had no idea what I wanted. I knew what I wanted, yeah. which some kids will just go in and be like, well, we'll just look it's at a big, draw. It's a school. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a school. I, I like it, all right? There's five of them. They're the same. It's fine, yeah. um, which was nice. I did have one that I really was like, all right, this is where I want to go if I can. Um, but at the same time, I wasn't like, I have one school picked, and if you don't go here, I'll die. Right, like, right. I was not, right. I was right in a good place in the middle. Which gets back to that idea that what really leads to a flourishing life is healthy relationships. And for us, that means relationship with God, relationship with family, those covenantal yeah, relationships. Uh, and then spiraling out to relationships with people in the world and uh, Christians, non-Christians. A place for ministry. Obviously, we're excited to see you lead. Trust God to lead in. I love. I love hearing. I want to find my own church in my own thing in my own space to lead for Jesus. I mean, I go for it. You know, it's like <laughs> I don't have to ever speak there, but uh, we'll go to the wrestling matches on uh, Friday night. D three. I don't know anything about D three wrestling. I know about D one. Hey, anything else you have for us as we close here, Joy? Final thoughts, words from Kayla Joy, Baby Duck. I'm the only one allowed to call her that. Uh, any final thoughts for us here as we wrap? Um, I would just say that I'm really grateful for the support that I have around me. Um, the amount of excitement from so many people when I did find out that I got into college from people I'm close to, from people I've not, from people who've known me since I was born, from people who met me, um, even a year ago, um, was just incredible. And I would just encourage you parents, be that support system for your kids, whether that's for college, whether that's not for college, whatever that is, support them. School can be difficult. School's hard. Growing up is hard. Comparison um, in middle school, high school. Yeah, the yeah. cell phone, it makes it a lot harder. Um, but so be that support system. Be that encouragement. Be excited with your kids when they have victories, whether that is getting into college, whether that's getting into a trade school, whether that's finally figuring out what the heck they want to do. Um, be there. And then at the same time, hold them when they're crying. Be present with them when they're frustrated and help them work through that. Um, and so I think this college process for me is something that's brought my family closer together and I'm really grateful for it. Um, even though there have been moments where I've broken down, like it wasn't just hunky dory. I'm skipping yeah. through a meadow being like, you, you, oh, okay. Like yeah. it's, it's been hard. It's, it's hard work. It's, you have to articulate yourself. You have to trust. You have to put yourself out there. You have to be aware that people, people, you, you could get rejected here. Yeah. All those I kinds mean, you're of put, things. Your kid will be putting themselves on display for people who don't know them, who you, they'll never meet. And they just check a box just or no, and you don't know until yeah. you get a letter. And that's really hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, and if they would have sent you an email at 8 a.m. saying to check at 8 p.m. just to <laughs> slam dunk you, I was going to go slam dunk some people. <laughs> well, one of the most important things in life is to practice the reality of gratitude. And so we thank God for you, Kayla, your process. We thank all our churches that we've been involved with, the Jacobs Well community that you were formed in, yeah. the Valley Bible Church folks that have prayed for you, your <laughs> friends, Blacksburg. We're very grateful to God. For you. We hope that's been helpful today. The Gospel Underground is a joint production of Power Change in the Wallenhofer House. Review us on iTunes. We have a lot of more reviews now. Thank you guys. We had a, a written, write a paragraph, right? Kayla, go review us. Five stars are acceptable. <laughs> Send your comments, feedback, or questions that you might have. 
that you want us to take up here on the underground, send those to info at gospelunderground.org. We are a dialogue taking place in the borderlands between the church and culture. That's episode 66, not order 66. <laughs> See you out there. Peace. Say peace, Kayla. That's the way we sign it. Peace. Bye. <laughs> peace. <laughs>